Amen. You ready to get the word this morning? If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 12, and I'm not going to take time to review, um, just for the sake of time, because we're pretty much laying that foundation, even with what Rick talked about, about intimacy and trust. It's ceasing from our own ability, and we're relying on the ability of another. Say that, ability of another. And so in this whole aspect of teachings I've been doing about beholding Jesus, and last week talking about a shepherd, this week we're going to go in a different direction. Because after all, when Moses said, show me your glory, he was saying it because there was something within him that he recognized he lacked something. Yes. So when he w- it wasn't just a statement of, well, just Lord, show me your glory. No, he recognized if I'm going to go there, if I'm going to lead this people... I need something more than what I have right now. Meaning, meaning he wasn't going to be able to do it in his own strength. He was going to have to rely and be dependent upon another. So let's continue to look at Jesus this morning. And in Matthew chapter 12, verse 1, it says, At that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath. What day was it? Through the corn, and his disciples were unhungered and began to pluck the ears of the corn and to eat But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath day. What day? But he said to them, Have you not read that David, what David did when he was hungry and they that were with him, how he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread that was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only the priests? Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days, what day? The priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless. But I say to you that in this place is one greater than the temple. In this place, there's one greater than the temple. But if you had known what this means, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. You would have not condemned the guiltless. For the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Let's go to, go to Mark chapter 2. Verse 23. And it came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day, and his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of the corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they on the what day? <laughs> Thank you, Father. And his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said, And behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? And he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he had need? What did David have? He had a need. And was hungered, and he and they that were with him. How he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar the priest, and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priest, and gave also to them that were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath... What? The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is the Lord also of the Sabbath. Father, I thank you for your word today. And I thank you that we will be energized by it, we'll be strengthened by it. And thank you that we will see your glory on our lives, your goodness, your presence, and your power on our lives in another way today. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. You probably don't hear too many messages about the Sabbath. 
We're going to talk about the Sabbath this morning. Is that all right, Jeremiah? We're going to talk about the Sabbath. Be pulling on me this morning because I, I just want to just share some things with you that, that I believe will enlighten us um, to what the Sabbath is all about. Because the, the Sabbath isn't about a particular day. The Sabbath is about ceasing from your own activity. It's about ceasing from your own work. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to teach for just a moment. And then, I might, then I might preach. You're like, what's the difference? I don't know. I just heard people say that. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. So I'm teaching now. No, I'm preaching now. I, I don't know. I just, just want to be used by God. Amen. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it, he had rested from all his works, which he had created. And before I expand on this, I, I want to go back to just a phrase I, I said a moment ago in Mark chapter 2. It says how the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. You weren't created just to celebrate a day that would honor God. Let me say, you weren't created to celebrate a specific day to just honor God. It, it's, it's not, you, you, the Sabbath wasn't created so you had something to do. No, the Sabbath was made for you, not you for it. You, you, know, you know, with this phone, it, it, naturally speaking, except for charging it, there's nothing I can do for this phone. I can't make this phone better than what it already is. I, there's, there's, this, this, this phone was created for me to use to be a blessing to my life. Anything, anything that's being created, you know, a light bulb, it was created. It was, you weren't created for the light bulb. The light bulb was created for you. You know, you know, and we thank God for toilet paper, right? But you know what? You were not, it was created for you. You were not created for toilet paper. Now bring your minds back now. Come on, bring your minds back. You know, so, so we got to realize that the Sabbath isn't, wasn't about you having something to do on Saturday or Sunday. And see, that's a whole nother debate. I mean, come on, you know, there have been small wars fought on the, on the Sabbath. Do you worship on Saturday? Do you worship on Sunday? We're, we're more holy because we actually worship on the Sabbath. Well, see, we know the Sabbath, it's Shabbat, it means seven, it means rest. It, there's another, another things I could bring out and we'll get into in just a moment. And there's been small wars fought over what day you worship and we're more holy because we actually do it on the right day. We know, it, there's no argument, we know the seventh day is Saturday. And, and technically it started, you know, uh, when God created the heavens and the earth, he, he didn't say there was morning and evening, he said there was evening and morning. Evening was first. So if you want to know when the correct Sabbath is, is, it's not the same time every week. It's based on when, when the sun sets and when the sun rises. So I think this past weekend um, in Texas, in, in Houston, Texas, uh, the Sabbath started, I think, at 8.04 on Friday evening, and it ended 8 o'clock last night. That, that, that was, the, that was the, the Sabbath. And so are you more holy because you went to church that day? Because that's the Sabbath. 
You say, oh, well, it was because it was because of the, the Catholic Church. They had this edict that they said and they changed the Sabbath. That is not how it happened. Because the truth of it is, I can show you in the New Testament where they went to church on Sunday. In Acts chapter 20, verse, uh, Acts 20, verse 7, it said, And the disciples gathered together on the first day of the week, and Paul preached. So if the Sabbath is the seventh day, then what must be the first day? See, and the reason why the disciples chose to start worshiping on the first day of the week, because, because that was the new day when Jesus was resurrected. So, it, so, so it's not about an argument. Do you worship on Saturday? Do you worship on Sunday? Because if that's, if that's where you find that you're holy, you're totally missing the mark of what the Sabbath is all about. See, we're beholding Jesus. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. And it was made for you. And not you for it. Because if it wasn't all about us coming to church on a specific day, then that means we were, cre- we were created for it. And that's not the case. See, God created. You know, and, and when God finished creation, he didn't rest because he was fatigued. He didn't rest because he was tired. He didn't rest because, because he didn't have anything else to do. He, it, it has nothing to do. It means because he was through. He rested because he was done. He was done with creation. Well, does that mean that God has always rested? No. Let me, I'll read, you don't need to turn there, but you can write this down in John chapter 5, verse 16. I'll read this to you. For this reason, the Jews began to persecute, annoy, torment Jesus and sought to kill him because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. What day? But Jesus answered them, my father has worked even until now. He has never ceased working. He's still working. And I too must be at divine work. See, the whole understand, they didn't understand Jesus. And why are you healing on this day? Why? Because my father is working and he's continuing to work even to this day. And Jesus, I must continue to work. If you really understood what the Sabbath was all about, you wouldn't be offended that I'm healing people on the Sabbath because the Sabbath is all about resting in what's already been accomplished and resting in what's already been finished, resting in what Jesus had finished his work. So when, when we're celebrating the Sabbath, we're celebrating the finished work of creation. And not only that, but now we're celebrating the finished work of Christ. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. The Sabbath is all about you ceasing from your own ability and being dependent upon another's ability. You know, I think it's I think it's good. I think it's healthy to create a Sabbath in your life. I mean, I I, I believe that it's healthy. So I'm not saying don't have a day of rest or you shouldn't have a day of rest. I'm just saying if that's how you think you're more holy, then you're totally missing what the Sabbath is about. Because Jesus said, I must I can. Jesus says up to this hour, I'm still working. Didn't matter what day it was. I'm still working. What kind of work was he doing? He was doing God's work. And so let's look at Colossians 2, verse 16. 
It says, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. So, it, so here, here, bottom line, you mean, here's Justin's terminology. Don't argue about if you eat pork or not. <laughs> Although, it, I'm just telling you, pork's not that healthy for you. It's, I mean, I, I'm just saying, because, because I'm telling you, there's wars fought over these things. And, and I'm telling you, people will find their holiness because they don't eat bacon. But I'm saying, I'm telling you, it's true. It says, don't let judge in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of a new moon or of what? So this, this isn't an argument. So, so he goes on to say this in verse 17, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. So what is the Sabbath? The Sabbath in the Old Testament was a picture. It was a shadow of that which is to come. You see, a picture... I'll be sappy for a moment. Did my phone die? You see, in my phone here... Man, all these messages stop. You see, in my phone here is a picture of my wife and I. And isn't she pretty? Isn't she, isn't she pretty? Oh, it's black now? Yeah, there you go. You know, so, you know, very rarely are, are my wife and I apart. Um, you know, there's times where we have to travel different places. And probably the most we've been away from each other is probably, what, four days maybe? In ten years? And so at one time. And, and so, so when we're away from each other... You know, I'll, you know I'll, I'll, I'll look at her picture. Oh, say, oh. <laughs> Trying to get some points. Is that okay? <laughs> no, honestly, seriously. But you know, you know what? But when, when, but when we're together, you know what? I don't, I don't pull my phone out and look at her picture. Why? Because I'm telling you, the picture just doesn't do it. It, there's, there's something incomplete. I'm, I'm grateful for the picture that I have while we're apart. But you know what? When, when I have the real thing, man, forget the picture. You see, and, and that's what, what Paul was trying to communicate to the church of Colossae. He was saying, he was saying all these things were, were just a picture and a shadow of things to come. But they're what? They're speaking of Christ. So I'm saying, saying what really satisfies is not, is not the actual Sabbath day, but if you understand what the Sabbath is, and you understand what the Sabbath's for, then it will totally, you'll be able, then it will bring some sort of completeness into your life. Because just knowing the Sabbath is a particular day, that doesn't bring a change. But when I understand what the Sabbath really is, not a day, and I understand that the Sabbath was made for me. Say, say me. me. It will totally change how you behold Jesus. It will change how you come to church. It will change. This is more. It will change how you walk through difficult circumstances. Thank you, Father. Go to Hebrews chapter four. Hebrews four. 
Hebrews chapter 4. Could actually read the last half of chapter 3, and you can read that later if you want. Let's look at verse 3. It's talking about the children of Israel entering the promised land. They couldn't enter in because of unbelief, because they couldn't rest. Verse 3 says, For we which had believed do enter in this rest. I mean, he was talking about them that didn't. He said, but we that believe do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, say rest. rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. What works were finished from the foundation of the world? God created. And what did he do when he got done created from the foundation? What did he do? He rested. See, when, as we behold Jesus this morning... We cease from our own ability and rely upon the ability of another. What we need to receive this morning is, is he is our Sabbath rest. We enter into rest. The Sabbath was made for you. And what does that mean? It means so we could enter into rest. And I'm going to define that here for you towards the end. Verse 4 says, For he spoke in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in that place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Now here, you see, when, when, in, back in Genesis, when he said, he said he blessed the seventh day. And I, I want to read this to you in Exodus. You don't need to turn there. Exodus 20, verse 11. It says, For in six days... The Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that's in them. And he rested the seventh day. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. It He set it apart for his purpose. He blessed the Sabbath day. Now, now now just track with me for a moment. When God first blessed something in Genesis chapter 1, he blessed it so two things would happen. And this is a hermeneutics, preaching, teaching. It's called the law of first mention. So when you see something in the Bible the first time, it, 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 can mean, it means that throughout Scripture. It carries that same context throughout Scripture. And so, so when we see the blessing first mentioned, we see two things deposited because of the blessing. We see fruitfulness and we see dominion. Say that with me. Fruitfulness, fruitfulness. and dominion. So when God then turned another time, in the third time he says this word, he says it about that seventh day. He blessed the seventh day. Why didn't he bless the other six days? He said they were good, but the seventh day he blessed it. Why? Because the blessing, when he blessed the seventh day, he was saying this day is about fruitfulness and dominion. So if you understand and we understand the Sabbath, then all of a sudden now we understand the Sabbath is for fruitfulness and it's for my dominion. Now, now just, just, just stay with me here because you need to see that this Sabbath is not just about worshiping in a particular day. But when you receive what the Sabbath does in your life, you receive the blessing and that blessing is for you to be fruitful. That blessing is for you to walk in dominion. So when we totally possess what the Sabbath is all about, it's going to produce fruitfulness and dominion. It's going to produce fruitfulness and authority in your life. When you truly know what the Sabbath is, it's going to bring, it's going to increase your faith. It's going to increase your walk. It's going to increase your fruitfulness. It's going to increase your authority. Because it's not just about showing up at church on a specific day. 
Because no, the Sabbath was made for you. The Sabbath was made for you so you could have dominion and so you could be fruitful. So here, back in Hebrews, verse, uh, let's go to verse 6. It says, Seeing therefore, it remains that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limiteth a certain day in saying in David, Today, after so long a time as it is said today, if you will hear his voice and don't harden your hearts. Verse 8, for if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward had spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Therefore, there remains a rest to the people of God. See, today there's a rest for you. Today there's a rest for you. Today, there's a rest for you. What, what's, what's overwhelming you? What's pressuring you? What's, what's, um, what is just weighing you down? What's heavy on your heart? What's going? Because you need to understand that there is a rest that remains for you. Yeah. Verse 10. For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works. Now, now hear that. There remain, therefore, a rest to the people of God for he that enters into this rest. So when I enter into his rest, that means I've ceased from my own works as God did from his. So what is this morning about? Ceasing from your own works and depending on the ability of another. Verse 11, let us, therefore, enter into this rest. Let us, therefore, enter into this rest. As we behold Jesus this morning. He is our Sabbath rest. Now let's go to Matthew 11. Matthew 11. Now we st- I started in Matthew chapter 12. And I wanted to come f- full circle with this. Because Jesus in Matthew 12, you know, the Bible wasn't written in chapter and verse. Chapter and verse were for us so we could... We could find context. And so Jesus, when he started verse 12, he, it wasn't like all of a sudden there's a new idea or it's a new thought. He goes right into 11. He goes right from 11, right into 12, and he talks about the Sabbath. Let's look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 27. He says, all things are delivered unto me of my father. And no man knows the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father except the Son, and to he whomever the Son will reveal him. Verse 28, he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, Jesus was talking in Matthew 12 and really talking about the Sabbath day because he goes, Come unto me, and I'll give you rest. Not come unto Saturday and I'll give you rest. Not come unto to Sunday and I'll give you rest. Come unto me and I will give you rest. Come unto me and I will give you rest. Come unto me, all ye that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn of, he wants us to learn of him. Well, what does he want us to learn in here? He wants us to learn that he's our Sabbath. 
Because in the next chapter, he goes, you want to learn of me? I'm going to tell you who I am because I'm greater than the temple. It's not just about going to the place because there's one greater than the temple. It's me. It's me. They, in, in, in 12, I didn't, I didn't go, go here with that, but in 12, he goes and offers him. He goes, he even talks to the Pharisees, Joseph, and he says, he goes, if you have a sheep and, on the Sabbath day and he falls into a ditch, wouldn't you pull him out? And he goes, he goes, how much more is a man? How much more is a man? And Jesus is describing, you know, hey, come unto me. You're down in a ditch. Come unto me and I'll give you rest. Come unto me and I'll give you rest. If you're heavy, laden and burdened, I'll give you rest. As we behold Jesus, you need to see he's the one that's going to bring you rest. Come unto me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I'm meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest. Unto your souls. Now here, in two places, we see a place where he gives rest. And secondly, there's a place where we have to find rest. He gives rest when you receive him. When you made Jesus the Lord of your life, he gave you peace. Man, when he came into your heart, there's a peace. But also realize in this journey, in life, you're going to have challenges. In life, there's going to be circumstances. In life, there's going to be hard times. In life, you're going to get bad news. In life, you're going to get bad reports. In life, there's certain things that are going to happen. But what did Jesus say? In this world, you have tribulation, but be of good cheer because what I have overcome them. Who is he? He is the Lord of the Sabbath. And so there's a thing as you're walking through things that you have to take on his yoke. You know what? In, 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 in Jesus, in the, in the time, most of the time you never saw one ox. There wasn't a yoke. There was always two. That's why Jesus was saying, take my yoke. So most of the time when you, when you see this, it wasn't just one yoke and one ox and pull it, pull it. No, there was two oxen. And so this is, this is my message, and so this is my, my opinion this morning. That I believe that what in life, after we, we, he gives us the peace when we receive him, I think it's up to us to make the decision to be yoked with him. Yes. That we be yoked next to him. You just take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek. But just let me walk with you. Let me walk with you in the field of life. Walk with me. Learn of me. See, that's what he was telling the disciples. Just walk with me. Walk with me. Walk with me. Walk with me. And see, when you walk with me, you're going to find rest. See, there's a, there's a place where he gives rest, and that's when you receive him. But there's a place when you find rest, and that's when you walk with him. Receiving him and walking with him. You know, coming up on Wednesdays, we're going to be starting a series called I Have Decided. And there's a difference between a believer and a disciple. A believer receives, but yet a believer never really has to walk. But yet a disciple does. See, this is so important because you need to understand, you have to cease from your own works, your own ideas, your own opinions, and take on his yoke. Take on his opinions. Take on his ideas. Take on his teachings. 
And when you take on that, you'll find rest. You'll find rest. Thank you, Father. So rest is given and rest is found. Thank you, Father. Go to Exodus 33 and I'll close with this. You know, show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your goodness. Show me your power. Show me your presence. Ask the Lord, just as the Lord started speaking to me about this. And and I was like, Lord, I, I want you to show me how does the Sabbath, how does rest connect to show me your glory? Show me your goodness. Show me your power. Show me your presence. And remember, I, I, I was talking about when Moses declared that. He was recognizing his need for something besides himself. And the Lord took me to this scripture. Verse 13 in Exodus 33. It says, Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee. That I may find grace in thy sight and consider that this nation is thy people. Stop there for a second. You know, I didn't read all the way through Hebrews chapter 4 when he talked about entering into that rest. But if you read the last several verses of Hebrews 4, he tells us to come boldly to the throne of grace. That we obtain mercy and grace and help and help in the time of need. So entering into that rest is coming into the throne of grace. Jesus said, if you want rest in your heavenly, come unto me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and you will find rest for your souls. God's speaking to Moses here. He's, I pray that I found grace in your sight. And verse 14 says, and he said, God said, my presence shall go with thee and I will give thee rest. Show me your glory. Show me your goodness. Show me your presence. Show me your power. Man, his glory produces rest. His glory produces rest. As we behold Jesus, he's more than just a man. And he's our Sabbath rest. Jesus gave us the ability to come boldly to the throne of grace. What is rest? Worship team, you can come up. What is rest? In the Hebrew, it comes from a word, nuach. And it means to settle down. It means to be quiet. Sometimes we... (laughs) Sometimes we, we have a hard time entering into rest because we can't be quiet. Because we either can't shut our mouths or shut our minds down. You see, you, you know, it's hard to enter rest if you're doing all the talking. But God, you don't understand. But, but God, you don't understand. You, well, well, you know, but, 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 but God, you know, uh, it's, you know, um, you need to settle down. Quiet down. And when I saw this, this word for rest, and I, and I saw this, one of the figures it gives us, it's to catch your breath. 
to catch your breath. To catch your breath. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Meaning his presence on your life will help you catch your breath. You know, sometimes, what what does anxiety do when you hear someone's having a panic attack? What elevates the breathing? Hard to breathe. Rest is present so you can catch your breath. This word also in the Hebrew, and I love the, I love the Hebrew language. I love the, the, the Greek language because not only is it a, um, it, it, it always provides pictures of things. Like if you look at the word dishonor, you know, the, the Hebrew picture that it gives and denotes is steam. Meaning it's, you can open a door or open a window and the steam just goes out the door. Meaning it, dishonor, it's lightly, it's lightly what? Esteemed. It's, it's a, it's you know, dishonor. It's meaning it's not value. It's not weight. It's not weighty. I just open the window, the steam leaves. It's, there's nothing to it. But this word rest, the picture that it gives is a camel that's kneeling down. And I was like, what does that mean? And I was just praying about this, and, and, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, he said, camels kneel down for two main reasons. One, to rest their legs. And secondly, as they kneel down, the owner will take the burdens off them. You see, when the camel kneels down from a long journey, you know, man, they would, they would pack those camels down. I believe it's in Kings when he talked about how this king was sending 40 camels that said loading down and bearing goods to give to the prophet. And so, man, they, they packed these things with everything that they had. And they would move from one, one town to another. They were nomads just going across the desert. They would go with kind of where the rain is, where the vegetation is. But yet when the, when the owners of the camels would get to the place where they would rest to give them water, not only would they refresh them with the water, but it would take the burdens off them. So when I kept hearing that all week, about us, all of us, me included, ceasing from our own works and depending on the works of another. I just got this picture of it's the Lord just taking burdens off you, taking weights off you, taking cares off you, taking pressure off you. Man, we behold Jesus. you come to him and allows him to just take those weights off. Oh, Father, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You take every burden off. The word talks about, in Isaiah 10, verse 27, he talks about the Messiah that would come. 
talks about a rod that would come out of Jesse, which represents coming from the seed of David, which who the Messiah would come through. And it says that that the anointing would remove every yoke and it would destroy every burden. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Everyone stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for removing every yoke and removing and destroying, destroying every burden. Hallelujah. He is your Sabbath rest. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. here this morning, you said, Pastor, I really needed this message. Speaking right to my heart. And I'm not going to label one thing or another. But I believe all of us are looking in some aspect of rest. So that's you this morning. You're like, Pastor, I need this, need this message. I, I just want you to just come to the altar. Come to the altar. Hallelujah. Come to the altar. You know, and lay your burden down. I, this, I, don't, I may pray over people. I don't know. But I think more importantly, this is about you releasing out of your heart and letting him minister back to you. Just fill the altar. If you want to get on your knees, get on your knees. I mean, you know, the altar is just a place where you can leave things. It's a, it's a place where you can leave the care. You can leave the worry. You can leave everything at the altar. And, and you can receive what he has for you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, we praise you. We praise you. Thank you, Lord. Father, we praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That song says, he makes the darkness tremble. Hallelujah. there's, There's something about the anointing. There's something about the anointing. It can be ministered in a lot of different ways, but I love when... When the anointing just comes in the room and ministers directly to your heart. And where tears stream down your face and you don't know why they're streaming down your face. It's just something that just overcome you, overcame you. And I'm just going to pray a simple prayer and I may, I may lay hands on people. I'm just following the direction of the Holy Spirit. But before there's a receiving, a lot of times there has to be a releasing. Let me say that again. A lot of times before there's a receiving, there has to be a releasing. 
even when it comes to salvation, oftentimes when we pray, usually the first thing we do as it pertains to salvation is we release our sins. And what do we do? We receive his righteousness. Peter talks about his righteousness for our unrighteousness. So there's always an exchange of I'm giving him something so I can receive what I need. Hallelujah. So everyone just pray this after me. Father God, I thank you that you sent Jesus. I'm grateful for Jesus. I thank you that Jesus is greater than. Thank you that Jesus is more than enough. I look to Jesus this morning. He is and will always be my Sabbath rest. I give every care, every worry, every sin, every mistake, every issue. I give you my dreams. I give you my hopes. I give you my calling. I lay it down at your feet because I can't do that calling in my own ability. I cease from my works today and I choose to be dependent upon the ability of another. I release it. 